Have you ever wondered where you really stand with God? Are you overcome with feelings of guilt because of things you've done wrong? Are you tired of religion that focuses on rules that you can't keep? Have we got good news for you? It's time to listen in on some casual conversation with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski and discover what true freedom is all about. This is Growing in Grace. Hey, uh, welcome to another edition of Growing in Grace. My name is Joel Brzezinski. I have Mike Kapler with me, and of course, um, we have a very special guest with us this time, Andrew Farley. He is the author of The Naked Gospel and then a whole bunch of other books after that, and he also does a whole bunch of other stuff too, but uh, we'll maybe get into some of that. But Andrew Farley, welcome to uh, the podcast. Hey, thanks guys. It's great to be with you. You were just here in town, um, Cedar Falls, Iowa, recently. We got to spend a little bit of time with you and... um, Andrew is a fun guy, and uh, man, he loves this grace stuff, and so uh, we're going to chat about uh, that. Uh, Cap, what's your thoughts? Where do you want to go with our interview with Andrew? Well, there's a lot of ways we can go, Joel, but I I think one thing that we would like to start out with uh, is forgiveness. Uh, Andrew, when when I first came to the Lord as as a child, uh, somebody had shared with me that uh, if I ever sinned, to ask God to forgive me, and then he would. And so I carried that burden around with me for several decades, <laughs> uh, you know, going up and down, doing the yo-yo, the merry-go-round, and, and getting frustrated and, and wondering where I stood with God in all of that, thinking that suddenly this free gift that came to me was dependent upon me. And I think there's a lot of our listeners out there that have gone through that, too. Yeah, absolutely. You know, basically what we hear is that uh, Jesus died for all your sins up until salvation, and then it's uh, it's up to you to maintain that after salvation. So, in the strangest way, we end up insinuating that our salvation got worse, like that uh, the forgiveness didn't hold true after salvation, that suddenly the formula changed, that it was all Jesus, 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 until we received Christ, and then now it's all about us and our legal pad and our memory and our many, many confessions in order to get forgiveness. So, you know, guys, people misunderstand this message all the time. I mean, they they think that I'm I'm saying, you know, that this is anti-confession, that uh, somehow confession is a bad thing. Well, obviously, I mean, uh, you know, admitting your wrongdoings and finding trusted friends to confide in and even, you know, opening up to God and, and telling him what your struggles are as if he doesn't already know, but, but uh, telling him all this stuff is very healthy and normal, but it doesn't make you more forgiven. And so I think that's really the clincher is that people have to see that there's nothing that we can do to make ourselves more forgiven than we already are because it's a blood-based economy. It's not an apology-based economy. And I don't know about you guys, but it seems like, you know, in in religion, uh, what we hear constantly is that we're at the center of the equation and it's about us trying to get right with God. And that can have a little Jesus hat on it, and it can sound very Christian, but it's not very Christ-centered at all. Yeah. And, uh, you know, one thing that that makes me think about is the whole idea of if we're completely 100% forgiven, and it's not based upon what I do, but I'm putting my trust in what God has done, 
Now, a lot of people think that, well, I'm completely forgiven, so I might as well just go do whatever I want to do. And and some people think that that's what we're saying when we say we're completely 100% forgiven. There's there's nothing that we can do. There's nothing that we can—there's no confession, no remembrance of our sins that will make us more forgiven. So how do you address something like that when people say that, well, you're just teaching, they can just do whatever they want to do? (laughs) Yeah, well, you know, first of all, we're not saying anything remotely like that. I mean, I haven't heard any of us say, uh, hey, go out and sin, it's great. What we're really saying is that Jesus died for your sins and it worked. So uh, I think we have to call a spade a spade. When we see the finished work of Christ, we have to decide, did he die? Well, sure he did. Did he die for all of my sins? Well, sure he did. Well, did it work? Well, yes, it did. For how many sins? All of them. Did he leave any out? Of course not. So how forgiven are you? And I think as we begin to nail this down, we start seeing what Hebrews is talking about. It says, you know, by one offering, he has made us perfect forever. That means perfect cleansing forever based on one offering, one sacrifice. So, you know, it's it's really funny how we start distinguishing our sins one from another based on their time of occurrence. Like, oh, You know, yeah, I'm forgiven for my past sins, but not my future sins. Well, I mean, all of our sins were in the future when Christ died, uh, and he didn't care when they happened. Uh, He was just dying for all of them, period. So we really need to simplify our gospel, and when I think we do, the truth really does set us free. But it's amazing, guys, how you you can talk all day long about forgiveness, 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 and talk about how amazing and incredible the love of God is and the shed blood of Christ is and how powerful Christ's blood is. And then people start talking about committing more sins. And you're like, what are you talking about? I'm talking about forgiveness, not our future behavior. I'm talking about forgiveness and whether Christ's sacrifice actually was successful. And um, those are two different topics, really. Uh, I say that, but really, when we grasp our forgiveness, we start feeling clean and, and knowing that we're clean. And I think that affects our life choices in the end. So for those wondering about this, I mean, there, there's two things going through my mind right now, uh, in the minds of our listeners anyway. Jesus died once, as you referred to. Wouldn't it be true that, you know, especially looking back at the Old Covenant and seeing what they were doing to try to atone for their sins by covering them up through the the blood of animal sacrifices, but wouldn't it be true that if we weren't forgiven, that uh, when we went and sinned after the cross, Jesus would have had to come back and sacrifice blood again if that forgiveness wasn't complete? Yeah, I mean, that's absolutely right. It never was an apology-based economy. I mean, even under the Old Testament, as sorry as David was for his sins, or as sorry as, you know, uh, Levi was for his sins, or as sorry as any of them were for their sins, I mean, it wasn't an apology-based economy. It was a blood-based economy. And so today, it's the same way. Uh, we can be sorry, and we can regret sin, and sin is awful. I mean, get away from it. You, it's, you're, you're not made for it. I mean, uh, sin stinks, but, you know, it's not, uh, it's not our apologies, and it's not our words that make us forgiven. It's the blood of Jesus. And so that blood economy is really essential to grasp as a believer because Jesus only shed his blood once, and he'll never shed his blood again. So you have to then conclude, how forgiven am I if he's not coming back to refer to my sins ever again? When you were here speaking on, on this this whole thing about forgiveness, you mentioned that one of the 
one of the most common questions you get is, you know, can I lose my salvation? You know, people wondering about uh, how assured they are of their salvation. Are all my sins really forgiven? And what if I do this? What if I do that? Could you address that whole idea? Can, can a person lose their salvation? Yeah. Well, Joel, you know, it's like we're, again, we're putting ourselves at the center of the equation when we ask that, what if I, what if I, because you see the big fat I there, and it's like, what if I, you know, what if I really, really sin? No, seriously, what if I really, really commit a bad one? You know, and then you're like, well, no, I mean, Jesus died for that one too. And, and, and then the guy's like, no, you don't understand. What if I keep repeating the same sin over and over? Well, then to that, I would say, you know, welcome to planet Earth. We all stumble in many ways, the book of James says. And James, the apostle James, is known as that strict apostle who talked about faith and works and all that. And there he he's clearly admitting that we all stumble in many, many ways. So can a person lose their salvation? Well, if it was up to us to keep it, yes, but it's not up to us. The whole point of the New Covenant is that God could swear by no one greater. So the book of Hebrews says that he swore by himself. And so we have two unchangeable things. The two unchangeable things are God and then God. And by those two unchangeable things, that's the hope that we have as an anchor for our souls. So every Christian needs their soul to be anchored. Uh, And the question is, you know, what's anchoring your soul? Is it your promises to God? Is it your faithfulness to God? Or is it God's promise to himself and God's faithfulness to himself? Because that's really what's at the center of the new covenant, God's promise to God. For anybody listening who's been in church at some point in time, Andrew, they're going to be wondering about 1 John chapter 1, right around verse 9. Can you address that? Well, sure. 1 John 1, 9 is a unique verse because it has a big fat if at the beginning of it. It says, if we confess our sins, um, God is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us. So, you know, as an inquiring mind, anyone's going to ask, well, what if I I don't confess my sins? Or what if I get hit by a Mack truck and I've got 17 sins that are left unconfessed? Are they forgiven? And, you know, what if I forget some sins? And the fact is, we've got thousands of unconfessed sins that we've forgotten about during the history of our lives. And so, with thousands of those sins dangling out there, I think you really have to get a proper understanding of 1 John 1, 9, because otherwise it can really paralyze people and make them uh, question their status if they don't understand really what's going on. But, you know, uh, call me crazy, but I think the the answer to 1 John 1, 9, the correct interpretation of 1 John 1, 9, can be found by looking at 1 John 1, 8, and uh, by looking at 1 John 1, 10. In other words, there's a 1 John 1, 9 sandwich here, guys, and uh, uh, 1, 8 is talking to people who say they have no sin at all, and 1 John 1, 10 is talking to people who say that they've never sinned a day in their lives. And so, there were sin deniers. In fact, if you read earlier in that chapter, they were denying something else, too. They were denying that Jesus came in the flesh. So they were Jesus deniers, and they were sin deniers. And so 1 John 1.9 is really an evangelistic passage. I mean, the Apostle John has an evangelism heart here, and he's trying to say, hey, guys, if any one of us is claiming to be sinlessly perfect, if any one of us is claiming to have no sin at all, if any one of us is claiming to have never sinned a day in their lives, well, that's crazy talk. So here's the answer. 
Just admit your sinfulness. Just confess your sins. And what will God do? He will forgive you and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. Notice that it's all. It's not one by one. It's not sin by sin. It's not Friday and then Saturday. It's all of your sins. A lifetime of forgiveness is found in Jesus Christ. But the first step, of course, is to admit, Lord, I'm a sinner and I need your blood to forgive me and cleanse me of all my unrighteousness for my whole life. So 1 John 1, 9 is not a bar of soap for Christians. It's really an invitation to the sin denier to become a believer in Christ. Yeah. Well, man, I hope people are getting uh, encouraged uh, through this and refreshed, because uh, that's some really good news. There's there's so much that goes on in the church today where people are, are leaving their Sunday morning service or their Bible study or, or whatever, and they're just feeling so bad bad about themselves or feeling worse than when they went in. And this is the type of uh, thing that will hopefully encourage a lot of people out there. And uh, we're thankful to have you on the uh, podcast, Andrew. Andrew's been uh, nice enough to say he'll do another uh, couple of these podcasts with us. And so we're going to wrap this one up for this week and uh, we'll get back for more. We got some maybe law and grace to talk about. We'll talk about our identity in Christ. Do we have a sin nature? Maybe some of that stuff we'll bring up in the next couple of podcasts. So, Andrew, thank you again for being here with us on uh, Growing in Grace. Hey, thanks, guys. Great to be with you. And to find out more about Andrew, check out andrewfarley.org and churchwithoutreligion.com. More from Andrew next week on Growing in Grace. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski. Heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. To access hundreds of past programs, visit graceroots.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.